Welcome to Giants Women Say, the podcast where we discuss all things Giants AFLW Season 3. I'm Fiona Lamb. I'm Coach Kiwi. And I'm Tracy Kick. In this week's episode, we're going to talk Gaelic. We're going to chat to Gaelic football recruit Yvonne Bonner, discuss the rules, and we're going to preview round one. So let's get into it. Let's talk Gaelic. We've got two Gaelic football recruits. And so I want to know what are the similarities with the Gaelic game? What are the differences? And what are these players, Cora and Yvonne, bringing to us at Giants? Well, Kiwi, I'm going to throw to you first because you've actually played Gaelic football and I have not. Yes, I, was, uh, I did play a few seasons at Gaelic football and the game is incredibly similar to Aussie rules. It, the ball travels by hand or hand pass, uh, sorry, a hand pass or by foot. Um, the probably main differences are when you kick it and mark it, it is just free-flowing in Gaelic. There is no stopping when you score a goal or a point. The ball is a spare ball sits at the goal and carries back on to the field. There's no strolling back, high-fiving, walking and balling up at the middle of the field. It is just free-flowing and fast. There's just no tackling and um, probably is the only sport I know in the world there the coach will yell out to take the minor score. You'll hear a coach on the sideline constantly yell out, take your points, and that's talking about kicking it over for the one. Yeah, right. As opposed Let's to just come to back three. to the no tackling. So how does the opposition take the ball away? Yeah, it's a very possession game. So you get it by slapping it out of the other person's hand. So you can do that. <laughs> a bit like basketball. Yeah, right. very much like that. Um, not netball because you're not allowed netball. to do that. No. No. It's, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you do it by that or... Um, Which is very confusing for my niece who started playing netball and now plays AFLW. <laughs> so she'd be great marking. Yeah, great yeah, marking, but, yeah. but, but felt like she should have possession of the ball and that's not how it works yeah. in AFL. Yeah, but I think the connection between the game, I mean, the men's program, I think Jim Steins was probably, well, the first well-known and the only Brownlow medalist to have um, come out from Ireland to play AFL. But in the women's game, it's not really surprising that that the recruiting teams have looked to Ireland. Um, and obviously the Giants led the way there with recruiting Cora. Once people saw that, they, it was like an aha moment. And they were reminded, oh, that's right, they do this in the men's program. Why wouldn't we do it? I really feel like it was a bit like that. But I think the the other key difference is, I mean, the, the AFL ball is hard to handle even if you've played AFL for 100 seasons. So I think going from the round to the oval ball um, and the unpredictability of an AFL ball is probably that and the tackling, would you say, Kiwi, are the two major differences? Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge for the Irish recruits that are coming over is getting used to um, not being caught with it when they want to run with the ball because in Gaelic you don't get tackled, so you do actually run a little bit with it. But, yeah, trying to kick the oval ball as opposed to the round ball. The round ball is a bit lighter than a soccer ball, so um, there is a particular way you need to wrap your foot around it to kick it is why you see a lot of Irish people um, do the round-the-corner kicks. Yeah, right. And I think the thing is that it's really obvious that that playing-on technique that's in Gaelic football um, does get the Gaelic players in trouble a little bit at times because they're instinctively wanting to play on when they may not have the time to in AFL. Yeah, and shepherding. They're not used to shepherding. You're not mm. allowed to do that in Gaelic. So, um, so potentially they're perhaps not looking after their teammate next to them as much or not used to somebody 
as well. But the Irish Banshees that came in in the um, IC11, I think it was, they dominated the, and I think that sort of is where. So that's a lot the of International Cup. Yep, International Where's that Cup. played? It's that year. It was played one week in Sydney and one in Melbourne. But now, pretty much, it's two weeks in Melbourne. So you get about, I think, it's 120 countries. And how often is that played? Every three years. Yeah. And I think the next one, 2020, there's going to be 10 female countries coming over. Fabulous. Mm. So I think, um, you know, one of the things I noticed about the practice game last week was that um, uh, Cora seems to have rectified her kick. So, I mean, she was actually fairly accurate. Well, certainly at training, very accurate with the starting at 90 degrees. And interestingly, during the AFL men's season... I started to see some bizarre patterns of men's run-ups like so. And like I'm like, what's happened to standing straight on and just kicking a drop punt? Like, let's, I let's get on with thing. that. I saw a lot of the men doing the round-the-corner kick. What, was, what and, was with that? And there was no need to. A lot of occasions, there was no need to kick round the corner. No. So anyway, so, you know, that's an interesting... Cora might have started that. That's right. Don't be giant, be Cora. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Corner Staunton, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, I think think they're the main things. And obviously, um, I haven't seen Vaughn in action in person, only in in the practice game. But I think that her pace and the pace of the Gaelic game is going to be a real asset up forward to, to the Giants lineup. Yeah, I think Gaelic is a very fast and a very mobile game and I think that just adds to the AFL game. And with the Giants having two uh, two Gaelic players, the more they link up, the, I think that free-flowing it is going to open up the forward line a little bit more too and make it unpredictable for the genuine defenders who have grown up playing Aussie rules, which um, is our advantage, definitely. Uh, whereas the other teams, there's a few other Irish recruits, but they're in teams on their own, so they don't get that link up with somebody else who plays a similar style of football. So, yeah, I think Giants are um, got one ahead of everyone else. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, last week we were lucky enough to have a chat with Yvonne Bonner, so we're going to play some of that interview now. Hi there, I'm sitting here with Yvonne Bonner and uh, we're just doing a review of the game and Yvonne's first dash at running around to the uh, big oval and chasing the oval football. And um, how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Um, we've got training back at it again tonight, so we'll cover some footage, see what I did right and see what I did wrong. So it'll be interesting to get that feedback from my first actual game with the, the Giants. And uh, when, we say, when we say you're looking at some footage, for those that don't know, every game is filmed, all the stats are taken, and then the coaches review it, sit down, and they clip pieces for what each player has done. So... Um, the areas where Vaughn ran around the ball or where she touched the ball or made tackles and uh, that's where they'll look at her feedback. Now, did you do anything like this with Gaelic in Ireland? Yeah, we would do kind of an overall review, but it, we probably wouldn't get that individual um, feedback, you know. So um, the forwards coach over here, you've got obviously got forwards coach midfields and then back. So oh, at home, you wouldn't get that. Probably just you'd have your main manager and... Um, you know, they would have assistant coaches like, but it would probably be too much for him to cover. So it would be kind of an overall review. Um, but they go into a lot more detail over here. So it's really good to kind of, you know, get that personal feedback and get that review from every game, you know. And uh, have you been getting any of this feedback at training? Because they've got cameras down those fields. 
Yeah, so they do all the different things that we're doing right, doing wrong. So they would give us, um, you know, footage that you can watch before training and um, what they want us to kind of work on for the next training session, what we did right and what we did wrong. So at least you kind of know, because I'm still guessing at this stage, you know. And how many times do you think your kicking style or routine has been filmed? Um, yeah, I'm not sure now <laughs> many times, but you just, I suppose, try and get that, uh, you know, straight drop. But there's times in the game then that you can't really, you're under the pump. So you just have to kind of, you know, connect with it just and kind of get it surged up the field. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a thing I suppose I have to keep working on with that drop kick. Uh, what you say though about um, just getting a foot to it, which sometimes some people may call it kicking around the corner, most AFL players that I have seen when they're growing up they're only taught the drop punt so I think you have an advantage for me I came from a soccer background so kicking this ball around the corner is so easy for me but um, similar style to Gaelic football you have to kind of arc your foot around the Gaelic ball because it's lighter than a soccer ball so you think that's an advantage kicking this ball? Yeah, definitely. But I suppose you'd be kind of in two minds then as well. So I really kind of have to get onto the training ground and see what works best. There's a lot of angles that you'd be kicking that you wouldn't usually kick. You know, you'd be shot, I'd say, if you kicked them from them angles at home. But, um, you know, when you catch the mark, you could be anywhere. So it's really a trial and error. So I have to kind of... I, I caught one at the game the last day and I, I was caught in two minds, whether to kick it straight or outside the boot or run off the mark and kick it with the left so I just kind of have to trial them things out and I suppose see what works best for me so um a lot of learn still have you mastered the banana kick yet no obviously that was the one I went for and it did not work but uh I'll have to practice (laughs) keep practicing my theory is uh, you kick off both feet So you don't need a banana, you just got your other foot to use. Yeah, that's it. I just really need to kind of nail it down, which which, uh, decision and which kick I'm going to go for and just go for it, you know. Yeah. Now, I met um, Yvonne down at the Cross Coders program and um, probably actually your kick was one of the first things I noticed when we're warming up and just doing the lanes. And I thought, wow, she can kick really balanced that the overball was your first time kind of kicking, I think, that night. And, um, and then you had the practice game, and I don't know if you remember, you came, someone kicked it to you on the wing, you led up from the 50 to the wing, took it, and as you turned, belted it into another lead that was coming out on your left foot, then you carried on leading down, as you're doing in Gaelic, I think is a thing we just continue this running pattern that you guys have, um, that girl kicked it across the 50 and then they kicked it back to you in the pocket. You had the set shot from an acute angle, and I said to the girls on my bench, I was coaching the other team, 20 bucks says she kicks this on her right foot and it goes through. Guess what she did? Bang, straight through. So two feet, no thought, not a problem. Yeah, um, it's it's different though, like kicking with, you know, getting that straight drop with the left hand, but um, it's something I have to work on. But yeah, it's obviously easier with a round ball, but um, I still have the left foot, but it's just kind of getting it working properly with the oval ball, but... Yeah. So um, what differences are you finding between Gaelic and AFL? Um, I suppose just the interchange is one of the things that you have to be kind of used to. And it was great to get that um, insight into how it works. Uh, it probably happened a little bit more, seeing that we had our whole squad with us there at the weekend. Um, there mightn't be as many. Um, the emptying out as well. Like, so when we lose the ball, like kind of getting, you know, 
out of the 50 and just then like that would be kind of it's quite similar to Gaelic football but that would be called very defensive and people don't like that at home when everybody gets gets um you know in one half and really crowds that space and blocks off the leads from other players then and you know they can't get their marks so um it's similar that way but um the fans don't like that at home um so there's a few similarities and it's obviously the transition is working pretty well like i'm just kind of trying Try and trial and error, I suppose, and see now to be interesting what they're telling me, what's right and what's wrong now. When I get that feedback tonight, and um, I can move on then, and I'll I'll know where I'm going right and where I'm going wrong, you know. And what about the tackling? Are you enjoying the tackling? Yeah, it's something like I suppose it'd be one of my weakest maybe points, but I still have to just kind of get stuck in. It's just getting used to that, uh, getting familiar and. You know, you taught me at the cross coders, like, and um, just wrap the ball. yeah, wrap the ball up, and it's uh, still a lot of learning. But if you're intense and you just try and you know turn that ball over and tr- not let them out of defence, like, so just about work rate really, and yeah. just try your best. I think the advantage for a Gaelic player in that situation is that you tend to go for the ball in Gaelic, and that's how you dispossess and earn back the possession. Yeah. So if you do that in AFL. You're winning the football. Yeah, that's it. But we, um, even down with the Giants now, we can go in early and we've got, we're linking up with the men's programme and we can watch them doing the tackling. So they, um, they've got great coaches down there and they had um, a manly coach in from the Robbie as well. So he was telling us lots of um, different techniques um, we can use as well. So it's really just getting your body in nice and close so that you're not... Um, you know, reaching from yeah. far out. Um, it's all just thinking about them things and uh, go hard, I suppose, just. Yep. Yeah, and it is. It just comes down to practice. Yeah. Yeah, we do, we do it a lot with our young girls. Every training session, they spend five minutes just that contact yeah. sort of work. But um, yeah. you guys Yeah, that's it. Just getting used to it. Um, now, I played a little bit of Gaelic football in, in Sydney. And so I may have a preference to a football team. And I, I hear that you may have played a bit of Gaelic last time you were over. Uh, which club did you play for? Yeah, I played for Cormac and Allens. Can't believe you played for <laughs> <Allens>. <laughs> Who's your club? Michael Kuzak's. Come oh. on, the Kuzak's. Yeah, I don't know. I think we beat them a few times now in the finals, oh. eh? <laughs> we used to win everything. Oh. And what about Camogie? Camogie. Did you ever, ever play Camogie? Um. Sorry, is it Camogie? Sorry, Peter Holden. <laughs> Kamoi. <laughs> yeah, I played um, when I was in college back home. Um, they hadn't got a team. They might have been missing a few players. So they said, would you come along? You can play some Gaelic, so you might be all right with a stick. But I definitely wasn't all right. And it was the first and last game <laughs> I ever played. I remember going in for a block. And as you said, I didn't get my body in close enough. And the further away the worse it is as well in camogie so if you're reaching you're going to get the end full whack off the stick so i closed my eyes i had a helmet on and i got belted in the head with the i didn't know if it was the slitter or the helmet but i just closed my eyes when i opened my eyes the slitter was up the other end of the field so it was the the uh, hurl that hit me yeah so um no uh, i didn't get the coaching so i didn't play camogie I just was all Gaelic around our area at home so for those tuning in if uh, you're not sure of the word camogie it's pretty much the same as hurling there's a few few 
variations to the rule, but the female version is called Kamogi, and um, I think it's one of the toughest sports around, really. It's a sport with weapons, is how I describe it. Yeah, it's amazing, and um, it's a really fast, fast sport. You have to be really cut out for it and get training from a young age. You have to kind of grow up with it, you know? Yeah. So do you think Kamogi players would convert to AFL very well? Yeah, definitely. You need all that. Um, the running patterns is very similar to Gaelic football and AFL. Um, do you know the agility and everything else? So your movement and your awareness and all them things um, would you would make a perfect transitionist as well. Yeah. And since you've been in um, Sydney, which I don't think you've been here very long, have you? Yeah. Um, so. The pre-season started here middle of November, but um, I was first held back and I suppose um, we played with our club, so we were um, running, we kept being successful, I suppose we were into the Ulster final, so it was continuing on, so Al let us, um, me play on till we got put out, so um, I was I just came over after that, but it wasn't until um, middle of December um, till I got over. Um, we had a situation as well, just when I returned from the cross-coders camp. Um, Paul got word that his mum wasn't doing too well, so um, she was diagnosed with um, you know, aggressive cancer in the brain. So um, it was a hard time, and Paul was for coming out. That was my husband, Paul. So he was um, supposed to be coming out with me, but he had to stay back maybe to Christmas. So when I came originally, um, I came early December, um, but I was only out here maybe a week, so I got about three training sessions till I had to fly back home. Um, yeah, she wasn't doing too good. So when I just landed home, she passed away, and... Um, so we've been just dealing with that um, and then uh, we had to give just time for, I suppose, Paul to, you know, uh, deal with that and didn't want to rush him off over here. So we waited just till after Christmas and we headed back out then just on New Year's Eve. We flew out. So he's here with me now and we, yeah, we're excited, I suppose, just to have a new, um, something to keep us busy, I suppose, and all that. Yeah. So you've been out here three months of... Three weeks of 2019, one in December, and then it was a week back in October with the cross coders. Yeah. So effectively, five weeks of football, yeah. and you kicked a goal on the weekend. Yeah. Ran rings around a few of the um, more experienced players of the Lions. They had some good players out there. Um, you linked up with Cora a little bit, so there was a bit of an Irish connection on the field. Killing it. Yeah. So you know, two more weeks before round one. How do you reckon you're gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> two more weeks is massive. So um, lots of time to kind of practice them little things that I was talking about, just getting more decisive in my kicking. And um, so when we do get a mark that we nail it and we're getting them goals, you know, inside 50. Um, so just excited now and to get all that feedback where I'm going right and wrong because I'm just guessing at this stage that hoping that it's, it is the right thing. But um, thankfully, you know, the Gaelic football is quite similar, um, so the running patterns are all similar and they seem to be um, working so far, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, with the with the running patterns, I think um, you're right, I think they're probably the two closest games and I think with the Giants having two Gaelic players is going to be an advantage when you guys run off each other, um, whereas the other girls, the Irish talent that have come over and the other teams are on their own. Yeah. So it'd be harder for someone like Sarah Rowe to link up with the other girls if they're not reading hers. So do you feel you have an advantage playing here with Cora? 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like Cora loves scoring. So obviously, like, and I'm the same. So she's going to be off the shoulder every single time. You know, like um, any time that that ball comes in, you're going to have that support and all the rest of the girls as well. So um, just excited and, you know, can't wait now for the round one. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. It's been um, pretty awesome chatting with Yvonne after her first game. Um, any tips for anyone else, Yvonne? Yeah, um, you know, obviously you saw me doing the transition, so all them girls back home that would like to have a go, um, join in the cross-coders and get on. I think the applications are opened and they're doing a seminar there in Dublin as well for all the information for transition from, like, you know, amateur to professional. So, um do you know, come along. You won't look back? No, enjoying every minute. Excellent. There you go, Cross Coders. Tune in. Uh, check out the seminar. Chat to Michael and you could be a banshee and you could be over in Australia playing Aussie Rules. Thank you. <laughs> well, this is a segment I like to call Kiwi Splaining. This is where I'm going to ask Coach Kiwi about some of the rules of the game and see what she has to say. So, Kiwi, this week I'd like to ask you what are the differences between the rules for AFLW and AFLM? Okay, so um, to start with, we play with a different size football. Um, back in the day, all the women's leagues started with a size 5, which is what the men use, and for a little period of time we uh, went to a size 4.5 or a size W, which was written on some of the balls, which is about an inch shorter than the size 5. And then more recently, well, since AFLW started, we've all the women's leagues are now playing with a size four ball, which is 49 centimetres in its short circumference and 67 centimetres in its long circumference, which is actually five centimetres shorter each way than the men's ball. Right. So a significant difference. There is a bit, mm. yeah. Mm. When we start the game, the centre bounces after each goal. It's actually not a bounce in any woman's grade of football. It's always a throw-up. Uh, we play, the woman AFLW plays 16 aside, and there's a couple of leagues that are now playing 16 aside, whereas the men play 18. The women then have five on the bench because we play in summer, so we have a total squad of 21 each match, whereas the men have 18 on the field and four on the bench, so they have a total squad of 22. Uh, we have unlimited interchanges, whereas the men are very limited to what they can do, and this is, again, back to playing in the summer season. And we have a heat policy that kicks in at 28 on the wet bulb. So um, it just allows a little bit more of the water runners uh, coming onto the field a lot more often. Right. So because we're playing in summer, um, that's that's an important rule, isn't it? So, for example, I know that in Brisbane um, it, was, it reached 38 degrees when the play started. I really? do believe that was correct. So they were, the, the heat rule was already in place. Yes, and, the game started. and in the rules actually is written in the rules that the quarter time breaks can be extended depending on the heat of the day. So mm. there is a little bit of flexibility just to take in the welfare of the players is very important. Yep, great. The only one dropping on the field. What else? Uh, the women actually play 15 minute quarters with time on. Okay, so what's time on? Time on is when the ball goes out of play. So if there's a shot at goal or if it goes over the sideline, the men play 20 minutes with time on. So for them, the potential is that they get around about 30, 33 minutes for each quarter. The women are probably averaging between about 16 to 19 minutes a quarter. Okay. Anything else? 
Um, that's that's a bunch. We can go into the real rural tweaks for the season. There's actually 11 of them, but I reckon we'll open up to the fans. So come at us on Twitter if there's something you want to ask or on Facebook and um, I'll keep explain next week. Sounds great. Something that we're keeping in mind with this podcast is that we have people who've grown up with the game, like Tracy Kick across the way there. And then there are people who are listening and coming to um, AFLW for the first time. So we have new fans um, and people who've grown up with this game. So we're trying to cover all bases. We're going to explain the game uh, and the differences between the men's game and the women's game so that everyone understands what's happening when they go to a game. And we hope to get you at those games so you can enjoy it along with us. All right, well, we're looking forward to round one. Let's have a little chat and preview the match. Yeah, well, I think um, GWS playing Brisbane in Brisbane. Um, so, you know, we spoke about this last week, but um, so many promising signs from the match in Brisbane for the practice game. Um, but I wonder how will they select a team. That's going to be interesting. And uh, and how will Brisbane's team um, change? And Craig Stasevich only played 24 of his 30 listed players last year. So um, he's the sort of person who's going to settle for a lineup, I think. Um, what are your thoughts, Kiwi, on uh, what you've seen so far and who do you think will, will be out on the... In the Lions lineup, yeah, I, I mean, th- I mean the Giants, the Giants lineup. lineup. Whoops. I think oh, there might be some secret coming out soon. I think um, there is a definite selection headache with the Giants. I thought there was a lot um, of players that came into form for the practice game, and we seem to get through that unscathed. Nobody has any big injuries, or um, we don't know of any anybody not training currently. So um, that's two weeks to continue at the intensity they've been doing. And if anything, like last year, we had the practice match. We were on fire, won by 50 points, came out round one on fire again. Do that again. I think we've got um, definitely got the talent and the players to overcome even the good players coming back into the Lions. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who'll match up on some of those key players like Traub, um, even in the forward line, like Lutkins, you know, sweeps across that line, causing all sorts of havoc. And so... You know, you don't need a defensive forward, but you need somebody who can go with her, which will be interesting. Yeah, well, I think they'll be missing Gibson, who's gone down to the Kangaroos. Hmm. And, um, and yeah, for Lutkins, who, who is she, she going to match up on? I think the Lions, have, uh, sorry, the Giants have got five quality forwards they can have in there. So Yeah, and, you know, Jacinda Barclay didn't play you know, the practice game, of course, so it'll be interesting to see whether she's back. She's been away for work. Um, and... Uh, and Alicia Eva, you know, I imagine if, if if her shoulder's good to go, I think it's her shoulder, yeah, that she'll shoulder, be yeah. um, she'll be she'll be back straight into the squad. So the midfield will be interesting because they did run so many players through there. So what they're going to land on there yeah. will be really. Well, interesting. Well, would you keep some of that strength of Dalpos, Eva, um, even if you keep Fridge in there, and then put in the likes of um, Young Parker and. Yeah, you know. well, I think like I think Fridge and um, and. Uh, Al Bennett's will be the key wing players. It'll be interesting to see who they, because they were last year and that's where they played really in the practice game. It'll be interesting to see who will be that third winger because traditionally that there is. But there was a greater propensity to rest the midfielders in the forward line in the practice game. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens, um, which will mean there'll be fewer key forwards because you've got that 
midfield rotation. Um, the only thing that I thought, like other than obviously Gummo and maybe Swanee, if she's in there, the one observation I thought was like Alicia Eva, Hanine. I mean, Elise Parker is actually a good size, but a couple of those other ones, Hixie, they're quite small. Um, you know, that's not saying that that's not going to work as a combination, but, you know, can be interesting sometimes. Yeah. Well, Brisbane have got some good size in their midfield too. So their smalls are really there up in the forward line and pretty dynamic players up there. So, yeah, you don't want to have too many small bodies in the in our centres. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, the coaching staff are looking at how that, what those combinations would be um, because obviously, you know, missing... Um, Brett Tully, who's not playing this year, um, who was a key body in there, um, probably replaced a little bit by Elise Parker, I'd imagine. And you still got Courtney Gum, um, noting that she rested up forward as well. So I saw most of that that midfield go forward at some point or another. And uh, don't forget Ali Brush. I thought she's actually looking looking really fit this year. So we could get more run out, out of her and... I don't know if she's... Yeah, I don't think Brushy's playing soccer, so I think she's yeah. dedicated this season to AFL, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, she was very good last season anyway, but it'll be interesting to see what that brings because I'm sure juggling two sports is a, is a, and work is an absolute challenge. And then, and then we've got our young, our young country kid, Maddie Collier, who probably traditionally plays as a midfield role, and found herself in the back line and then in the practice game had a go at the forwards and snagged a goal. Yeah, she played up forward last year really in the games that when she came back um, and and so it will be interesting. It was great that she kicked a goal in the practice game. I think that'll give her confidence because Maddie is, you know, does is a confidence player. She, like anybody, everybody needs confidence, but I think Maddie really responds when she's when she's uh on top of the world, so that'll be really interesting to yeah. see what she I can do. I think she had a tough season with Essendon. They didn't get very, I don't think they got any wins, which is always hard when you're playing through the midfield, trying to get a lot of possessions and get your team going forward. So being with the Giants last week in the practice game would hopefully, yeah, give her that little boost and um, they'll get a bit more out of her. But I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest headache is picking picking those players to run through the midfield. Yeah, look, I can't see big changes to the back line because even in the practice game, there weren't major changes to the back line um, and probably a little bit of pace just to shut down when the lines get going, the Ali Andersons and co. Um, um, Bates and Zilke running through there. They've just got to be careful with that. Wushner. But um, And Wushner is very dangerous. Yeah. So you, put someone, you just have to put a tag on her, really. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there were no tags last year, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. And then oh. would you put in the new kids? Would you put in the likes of Bonner and uh, Tanya, the cross-coders? No, oh, I think it'll be. I think that'll be really interesting. I, I wonder, you know, how you'll get that balance of experience with with newness, you know, and whether Hanine did enough to, to roll up. There's another small midfielder. Mm. Um, and um, and while she was really impressive, Taylor Davies, I, I just wonder how much, you know, how much you want to get that balance between the experience and the, the kind of dynamism of somebody new and and that high level of enthusiasm everybody will be itching to get out there so there'll be a few disappoint few disappointed people I think when the team's announced but if you've got 30 fit players that's a quality problem and 21 can it play is. it is it's probably the worst headache a coach can have really exactly so you need to turn up and our girl in the fridge is going to be there I think 
she is driving up especially so that that fridge of hers can make it and can stay intact. So you need to turn up on Sunday the 3rd of February to Moreton Bay Central Sports Complex. It's 4pm Brisbane time and it's 5pm if you're in Sydney and you need to find a Foxtel screen to watch it. But we'll be there at 4pm Brisbane time and we'll be on the hill with the other fridges. See you there. I'm a Giants fan, but this week I'm also cheering on a dear uh, assistant coach I was lucky to work with last year, Mel Hickey. She's making her return from a serious knee injury. She did her ACL. Dedicated trainer, captain of the Geelong Cats, who she grew up supporting, and will run out in front of the Hickey stand. Excitement abounds. And that's it for us for another week. So make sure you get to a game. If you can't get to a game, get your eyes on a game. And we have one more thing to say, and that is... Here come come the the Giants. Giants!